Alright boys and girls, so here I am with another episode that I'm going to put up in, um, I don't know, it, it'll be up once I'm done this, so maybe half an hour or less there, hopefully I can get this done in half an hour, so I, my brain has been going nuts, it takes me on average about three days to digest heavy information, and I started reading the document, the one that was provided by that um, scientist individual who was contracted by the government in order to do kind of like reconnaissance on, you know, alien information and so on and so forth and um, other special or otherworldly, you know, um, situations and events around the world. It took him 33 years and um, it just kind of struck me and I'm on this I'm following a rabbit right now again, um, which feels really weird. And then recently I, I resaw my tattoo, which is on the back of my left arm and I can't see it. It says, follow the white rabbit. Anyways. So I went to pages 33 on the document itself. And then like on the, the full document, because there's like title pages and shit or whatever, right? So I went to like the 33rd page, but I also went to page 33. And the information that was in there at that spot um, led, led me in a direction to understand that the one of the big burning questions that we have about aliens and why it is that we haven't seen them and so on and so forth, uh, why they haven't revealed themselves or why... The government hasn't revealed them. Like, why is this whole thing a big secret? Like, like assuming that there are aliens, why is it that the whole thing is hush-hush, has always been, and the whole world seems to agree to keep it hush-hush? Um, and, and I think I'm starting to understand the, the perspective and, and the relationship that gets defined when you're talking about aliens and us. And anyways, here's, here's the kicker. Here's, here's the whole fucking thing, the punchline. We are comparable to aliens. I think I've got the right word. Uh, okay, Google, what is the definition of comparable? On the website miriam-webster.com, uh -huh. say, one, capable of comparison to situations. Okay, exactly. Comparable is definitely the word that I'm looking for. Okay, Google, thank you. Humans are comparable to aliens, and, and so the situation is as such. We are a carbon-based life form, and most of what we're going to experience is going to be with other carbon-based life forms. So aliens have skin, eyes, ears, noses, right? And the ones that don't, they don't require it, and that means that they can't smell stuff or see things. And if they've got bigger eyes, better eyes, then they can see and, you know, smell better and so on and so forth. But think about it like animals, okay? Even though that there are animals that are 10 times the size of humans, or like tigers and lions and all kinds of super dangerous animals out there, humans have beat them all. You can go out and you can capture a tiger for fuck's sakes. That's that's insane to imagine. Can you do it with a stick, w with your like 
you know, 40 pound overweight, I sit in a desk chair all day long body? No, absolutely not. You can't. But could you do it with a gun? Yeah, you, you probably could. Could you do it if you were fit and lived in the wild and understood what was going on? Yeah, probably. Uh, could you do it if you understood the really crazy tricks on how to like lure other animals and use things to lure them in like the whole story about the the monkey and the salt rock or the salt piece of salt inside of a rock um if you have never heard the story before it it to me it, it describes almost the difference that we have to understand between humans and animals and how it is that we were capable of dominating this planet and then what that means because this is our ecosystem here on planet Earth and anyone visiting us is at a disadvantage because they are equal to us on their own planet under their conditions. But just because they're an alien doesn't mean that there's some kind of 40 foot tall praying mantis with laser beam eyes and, and shit like that. That's that's not real, right? So the story about the monkey, basically, it's this is how I understand in order to find water, what you can do is you can put salt inside of, you know, a hole of a rock, for example, and in a certain geographical place in Canada, in the world, I don't know where. And an animal, and I believe it was a monkey, they, they go to it because they can smell it and they want to lick it and eat it and stuff. It's, it's tasty or whatever the case. So they put their their fingers and their thumb all kind of like straight and squished together like a little spear so that they can kind of get it into the rock and then they open up their hand into the space and they grab the little salt rock it is that they want and then with that salt rock in their fist now their hand is too large to get out so they pull and they can't get their hands out they're not willing to let go of the salt in order to get their hand out so they just keep holding on to salt and keep pulling like crazy right so what happens is that if you leave them there, they will continue and continue and continue to try to pull and they'll get famished and thirsty and so on and so forth, depending on how long that you leave them there and don't help them or whatever the case. And eventually at some point, what you do is you assist them on removing their hand out and you give them a salt, you know, salt rock of some sort. So then they're all happy and they've been fighting for this for so long that they lick and lick and lick and they play with the salt rock and they eat it and lick it and whatever the case. And they get really thirsty, right? They get thirsty because they've already been drawn out from being there for hours or days. They're already thirsty because they're, you know, licking salt rock. So the first thing they do is they run back to water. So all you got to do is follow them. They're always going to run to the closest nearest stream in order to rehydrate themselves. So if you can't find water, you can use another animal to do it. You don't, you don't hunt a tiger by going out looking for tigers. What you do is you trap a deer or whatever, you know, some kind of other woodland creature, and you put it out in the middle of freaking, you know, nowhere, not in its herd, and then the tiger comes out and eats it. Right. And then brings the food back to its cubs. And then you go back there. You know what I mean? So there's more intelligent ways to get around, you know, surviving the animal kingdoms and things like this. Um, 
and we had a couple advantages olympic system opposable thumbs uh you know slightly more conscious thoughts etc etc and supposedly bigger braids so when now there is a part two to this but the point that i'm trying to make right now is that humans are comparable to aliens so an alien may have claws and be faster or you know maybe like reptilian by nature or whatever the case but at, at some extent it has to be self-aware and intelligent and and it, and it has to be you know capable of building tool, tool. holy fuck guys really are you serious tools and technology and things like this so it has to have like digits of some sort that it can manipulate move around and and whatever right and so anything that is capable of building tools and technology is going to progressively and evolutionarily uh, become weaker and lazier and so on. So they're going to look like humans. They're, they're going to evolve to be more like humans and so on and so forth. So let's not call us humans and them aliens. Let's call the whole kind of like, you know, eyes, nose, ears, standing up straight, bipedal type thing humanly or let's call it like figure or something you know let's call it standing figure so we are the you know white black you know asian mexican long-haired humanly figures of this galaxy or bigger than that and other aliens and and so on and so forth are going to be the humanly figure that is more gray and a little shorter with a bigger head. And, you know, we maybe we don't understand all the things about their races on their planet, you know, to, to be able to kind of like group things up or whatever. So, we, you know, we're just going to call them grays or reptilians or whatever the case. Um, now, if everybody is comparable to each other and everybody's building technology and we're all kind of the same and we're all dominating our planets and so on and so forth, when they, when and when I say they, I mean not us, the humans on planet Earth, but when they, any other of the you know space races, ends up getting to a point where they can create gravitational bubbles of some sort, or you know time warp, time traveling, time jumping, quantum jumping, quant, you know whatever it is that they've got to build to be able to get to our planet or through space or whatever. They're still going to be moving physical objects to do it. They're still going to be bending certain laws and 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 uh, like the the nature of of the universe. They're still going to be manipulating those fields in order to be able to take these objects and move them around. Um, the only other instance that you would be able to put yourself somewhere else is to like completely decompose yourself like a teleportation type system, you know, Star Trek system, and then, you know, beam yourself to planet Earth, but then you're beaming yourself to planet Earth with nothing other than yourself or, you know, whatever laser weapon that you're carrying. And, and that would be stupid. That would be a suicide mission, right? So all the ships that we've seen crashing since 1940 and so on and so forth you know recorded uh in, in the 40s and on it it has been aliens it has been their ships but the thing is okay the, and this is what i was saying about the technology 
whatever technology is required, like whatever like advanced level of to create these time warp, you know, gravitational bubble, bubble whatever, whatever, whatever is that we need to build in order to be able to take our physical items and instead of using propulsion like with gas and so on and so forth and fling ourselves through space or, you know, kind of like through time and so on and so forth or whatever to try to get to like other spots or instances of the universe to go find other races that is so close to the type of stuff that is used in order to build what we currently have like CERN, right? Like the large uh, Hadron Collider. Um, stuff like electromagnetic forces and pulses. So like EMF and, and all these like things that we can use here on Earth. Lasers, you know, different types of photon lasers and lights and all kinds of shit, you know. The technology that we have today, the different waves that we can manipulate is so close to the stuff that is required in order to travel space that that's a technological reason why we're comparable. So when an alien's ship goes through, you know, the first kind of like iteration or second iteration of like, oh, we're going to land on a planet and, you know, and here's a species and we think that it's possible that we might be able to communicate we don't know any way of scanning anything. We can't talk to them. We don't understand their languages. We don't know what weapons or technologies that they have or whatever, whatever, whatever. So we're going to land in Nevada in the middle of the fucking desert, right? And so they're flying over the desert because they're trying to find like a safe place that they can land and put out like that one brave dude named John or whatever who like comes out of the ship and, and says like, we're here to meet your leader. We're, we come in peace, you know, and we fucking shot the thing down. We shot the ship down and then we went there and mutilated and killed the fucking aliens and then and captured them and brought them back to military bases in order to cut them open and examine them. Don't don't tell me for a second that aliens aren't fucking f afraid of us. Like we're the hostile ones and our technologies are comparable and the chances are, I think, that we probably can do space travel. And I think that humans and the ones that control our planet. So now we're talking the 1%, the corporations, the governments, the, you know, the dark governments and so on and so forth. They're the ones that are in control of like humankind, mankind, this race outside of earth they're the ones that decide what we think or look like or whatever you know because if you were to land on another planet for example and like go to an alien he could just be like an alien farmer dude you know like and he doesn't give a shit he like he's complaining about paying his taxes his wife's cheating on him like he doesn't he doesn't really give a fuck about the planet you know what i mean so so you go to like you know farmer alien steve or whatever and and he's like yep this place is fucked dude like you shouldn't have come here you know so my my <laughs> <laughs> my point is humans are comparable the technologies are not that separated the people that define to other space races what we look like and who we are how we are known in the solar system is probably extremely hostile and dangerous um our technology when we built you know atomic and nuclear bombs and stuff or whatever and, and that's kind of like when sightings started to begin you know and 
when all the technology from the 30s, you know, popped up and then the 40s and, you know, Germany, Hitler and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, Nikola Tesla and all these types of things came up in the 1900s and so on and so forth. Um, aliens wanted to come visit. They were like, fuck, guys, you know, these these things that we classify as humans that we don't have much interaction with, you know, like over the times in ancient Egypt or whatever the case or whatever. Um, they, they seem to be like getting all their shit together or whatever. So like, let's, you know, go pay a visit. Let's whatever, no, no, no. Check with the galactic, you know, confederation or whatever of like space safety, alien, you know, race politics kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. We're allowed to check in every, you know, 500 years or a thousand years or whatever. And you know, it, uh, anyways, so that's, that's the thought that I'm having. I, I, I think it's, the document is probably right that we have, a special ability, so to speak, to connect spiritually where many, many, many other hu uh, alien races are not capable of doing that. As a result of, we're, we're special, we're interesting, but we're also extremely ignorant and easily influenced because of all of the power that we have, our, our minds are fleshier, weaker. And so instead of being like a logical, um, you know, hard-headed Spock or Data, for example, we are soft and emotional and whiny, crybabies. You know, we're, the, the evolution of humankind is exactly where it should have been. This is the evolutionary route to be wanting, complaining about everybody's feelings all the time because that's what makes us human. Not that I accept or believe that it's a good thing on this planet, whatever the case, because I've got my own problems with that kind of stuff. But emotions makes us weak and powerful at the same time. And other races out there in space don't have the strength or diversity in their emotions or the depth in their emotions that we do. And as a result of, we're very wild. We're, we're a wild card type race. Um, it's way too diverse. There's too many of us on this planet. And we don't have one unified goal and whatever the case. So we're like, you know, a, a, a sports team, but instead of being made out of like, you know, pitchers and catchers, we're made out of like kickers, boaters, lungers, uh, you know, scientists, uh, bookmakers, shoe fixers, belt, you know, shiners. Like <laughs> we're like, we're like this mix of weird, just, you know, anyways, and uh, so that's it. That's where I'm settling on this for right now. So anyways.